Hello, everyone. My name is Rick Hawkins. I'm the pastor of Quest Church. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. You're about to hear a word that is informative, insightful, and inspirational. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can go to questchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Let me just say something here as we begin our dialogue and our discourse this evening. Um, You know, the turn of the year is always very important to me. I think all transitions in time relate somehow to the supernatural. Numbers are important to God. If numbers were not important to God, there wouldn't be a book in the Bible called Numbers. So numbers are very important. When you talk about the number 20, 20 is very prophetic. 10 is the number of a complete cycle. And I just want to say that some of you have been battling some things for quite some time. And I believe at the turn of this year, those cycles are going to end. That's created a vortex in your life that keeps pulling you down. As a matter of fact, I believe God is about to reverse the cycle. And the thing that was sent to pull you down is actually going to project you into your prophetic future. Amen. Tell your neighbor your best is in front of you. Your best is not behind you. Is still in front of you. So as I've been in prayer, and I always do this going into a new year, I've been asking God just for a word from him, for me in particular. And, of course, conspicuously, that would re- relate to Quest Church. But I believe two words are going to be very important for us in 2020. You might as well go ahead and jot them down because we're going to ride them through the year. Number one is redemption, and number two is expectancy. Redemption and expectancy. And as we cross over the Pontifex or the bridge into this new era of time, I believe expectation is going to flood your heart to the point that every day you're going to wake up with an excitement in your spirit that anything can happen in your life. So treat every handshake different. Don't just shake hands. You never know if the hand you're shaking is the relationship that's going to take you into the greatest term of your time on earth. Can you say amen to that? So how many of you are excited about your future? Good. I pray you are. So Luke chapter 2 and verse 25. I'm just going to teach for two and a half hours tonight and we'll be out. Luke chapter 2 and verse 25. um, I'm going to get right into this. The Bible says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout. You want to circle those two words. That man, Simeon, was what? Just and devout. And watch the third word. And waiting. Expectancy. And waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Very important terminology. Say it with me. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Underline this sentence. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought forth or brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord... Now let your servant depart in peace, listen to it, according to your word. For mine eyes have seen 
your salvation. Man, can I just decree and declare over your destiny? You're going to see what God promised you that you would see. Can anybody grab that in Jesus' name? He says, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of Jesus. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set. This child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yes, a sword shall pierce through your soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I'm going to teach tonight on sanctioned and moved by the Spirit. You know what? This is a participatory church. This is not a spectator church. So stand up, please, and tell three people around you, sanctioned and moved by the Spirit. Sanctioned, and I want you to remain standing. Just... Just remain standing just for a moment. Now, Lord, I'm going to come before you and ask you for a powerful anointing in this place tonight. Because your word tells us the, the anointing leads us and guides us into truth. And when we arrive at truth, we are made free. So we thank you for truth being so transparent that no one can miss it tonight. And that truth will produce freedom and liberty in all of our lives. Lift those hands, please, and say, Lord, I receive your word on this night in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. So we look at our text is verse 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. Who came by the Spirit into the temple? Simeon did. That name is going to be very important tonight as we preach or teach, or treach. <laughs> the NIV reads verse 27 on this wise. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Moved, how? By the Spirit. He went into the temple courts. I want to emphasize something before I go any further here. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. Let's get that right. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. There are two kinds of Christians in the church today. Fleshly Christians and spiritual Christians. There are still people in the body of Christ that believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. There are still people in the church today that believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit. Do y'all believe in the moving of the Holy Ghost here? Good, because you're in the right place. So Sunday, we talked about the subject of being sanctioned by the Spirit. And we talked about Mary at four points on Sunday. Number one, that Mary was available to God. Right? And this season is wonderful because we can take about a two and a half year span of time. And you can preach 25 or 30 messages very easy on the birth of Christ. You can talk about the preface of the birth, the birth, and the post-effect of the birth. And you could probably preach 25 messages on that. So this two-and-a-half-year period of time is an incredible time in history. So God finds a girl that is favored by him. She's blessed and highly favored. 
So she's not only available, she's approved by God. She's sanctioned by God. She receives an assignment. Conceive a child, birth him, and call him what I told you to call him. Conceive means to clasp what I sin or to grasp or to cleave to what I sin. Conceive it. Then birth it. God will send it to you, but you have to bring it forth. And you do that through prayer and many other efforts. But let me just go on to say this. She's available. She's approved. Amen. Then she has an assignment. Just do what God told you to do. And then finally, accept it. I want you to lift one hand and say, Lord, I am available. Thank you for approving me. Thank you for giving me an assignment. I accept it tonight in Jesus' name. Now, let me say something to you. Sanctioning is very important. God sanctioned the birth of Christ through his servant Mary. Right? This child is going to be called Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. When God was dealing with me about this particular subject, I heard the Spirit say to me in prayer, because I am with you does not mean I am for everything you do. Because I'm with you does not mean I am for everything you do. I heard these words. Because his name is Emmanuel does not mean he endorses all of your endeavors. Because his name is Emmanuel, that does not mean he endorses all of your endeavors. Wouldn't it be incredible if we prayed this kind of prayer? Lord, I don't want to participate in any event that is not sanctioned by you. Let me take it a bit further. Too many people are participating in non-sanctioned events in their life. There are marriages that are non-sanctioned. Businesses that start that are not sanctioned by the Holy Spirit. Whatever you start that is not sanctioned by the Holy Spirit will ultimately create frustration in your life. You'll end up tolerating things instead of celebrating the things that God would have sanctioned if you would have just waited on him. Preach in the building, Pastor Rick. So sanctioning of the Spirit of God is very important for us to enjoy a successful life in him. Can you say amen to that? So all this started last Wednesday night, didn't it? Remember? Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might. Not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord. And we talked about that little word in Hebrew, by. By my spirit. Through the agency of the spirit. Through the means of the spirit. Through the aid of the spirit. Or with the help of the spirit. Who's he talking to? Zerubbabel. And he's saying, you're going to build and you're going to construct what I told you to construct. Not by might. Not by your own wealth or your own strength or your own valor. Not by power with the help of others that have the same thing you have. This is only going to happen by the sanctioning of my spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, to be sanctioned by the spirit. Sanctioned means confirmed by the spirit. Permitted by the Spirit. 
authorized by the Spirit. Watch this one. Encouraged by the Spirit. How many of you have ever felt like you've done something that you knew the Lord encouraged you to do it? Isn't that a great feeling? How about this? You went to a church because you felt encouraged to go there. Then you got there and the Lord confirmed that you were in the right place. Guess what you call that? By the Spirit. And I just really believe that there are still born-again believers that are bulldog determined to walk in the Spirit and not after the flesh. Can you say amen to that? And when we do that, life becomes easy. Life becomes fun. Life becomes exciting. Can you say amen to that? So Luke chapter 1 and verse 34 and 35, we find this girl Mary, that the Holy Ghost came upon her because she just said, how shall it happen? I don't know a man. How am I going to bring forth a Savior when I have not even slept with a man? Not by might. Come on in the building, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Here's what I've learned. The sanctioning of the spirit of God removes all impossibilities. When the spirit has sanctioned what you are doing, impossibilities have to leave. When you are sanctioned by the Holy Spirit, you walk in the cadence of confidence. Your shoulders are square. Your head is held high because you know God is on my side. Bless your name, Jesus. How many of you love knowing God is on your side? All right. So with God, with God, with that sanctioning, all things are possible. Nothing shall be impossible, which means incapable of being or occurring. Impossible felt to be incapable Whew. of attaining or fulfilling. Let me tell you something. There have been things in your past that have seemed to be impossible for you. I believe in the next season of your destiny, the Holy Spirit is going to get up on you because you're going to start following the Holy Spirit and you're not even going to try to do things the Holy Spirit has not sanctioned. And because you've done it according to the Spirit, nothing shall be impossible. Things that used to be difficult and hard to handle, the Holy Spirit is going to bring success to that area in your life, including dealing with that spouse you married to. If we could get the Holy Spirit counseling us in our marriages, if we could get the sanctioning of the Holy Spirit in our homes, how many of you know our homes will be homes of peace and not turbulence? How many of you want a house of peace? Then get the Holy Spirit in control. Amen? Amen? Nothing shall be impossible. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. When you sign up by faith, he signs on by sanctioning. I don't see nobody writing nothing down. I would write that down if I would. Th thank you, Cheryl. I would write that down if I was you. When you sign up by faith, he signs on by sanctioning. He will not sanction anything you don't have faith for. You have to believe it before he's going to sign on to do it. All things are possible to who? To him that believes.
Amen. That's all a rehearsal of things we've already covered. Y'all good? Everybody happy? Everybody. Boomer. Sooners. I prayed and I felt the Lord told me. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He said something about burrow. Maybe it was borrow, but it sounded like burrow. Anyway, let's get it. Boy, I love it because some of y'all, you enjoy humor, and others of you take the sooner so seriously. You're about, I'm about to sanction your behind, Pastor Rick. Just take it easy. We all good. All right, let's go. Yeah, with God, all things are possible. I promise you I wouldn't have gone there, but I keep looking at this towel somebody made for me, and they put the purple and gold on there. So it's somebody else's fault, not mine. Okay. That is a divine distraction. Okay. In our text tonight, this man's name Simeon. The Bible says that there's a condition that is going on in the land. And I want you to listen to this prophetically. When Christ is born, he is born into an atmosphere of expectation. He's born into an environment filled with anticipation. That's strong. Hope is in the air. It's not just in Simeon. It's in the land. So hope characterized the atmosphere of the people. Hope. If you're watching any kind of news today or every day, you know one thing we need in our country right now is some serious expectation that God will do what he said he would do. Can you say amen to that? We find this expectation in Luke chapter 3 and verse 15 when the Bible says in this little two and a half year period we're talking about, Luke 3, 15, here's what the Bible says. The people were in expectation. The people were in expectation. Here's what I've learned. If you can get people in the church filled with expectation, if the church prays with expectation, then the expectation that fills the atmosphere of the sanctuary will begin to spread through a region. It'll get in the land. Folks, we don't have an expectation for God in this country because the church does not have an expectation for God in the sanctuary. We need to show up in this building every service. I feel my help coming now. Every service with a heart filled with anything can happen today. A curse can be broken today. Somebody can be delivered today. Someone can be restored today. Something can turn around in somebody's life today. Cancer can be cancel, canceled in Jesus' name today. So when you walk in here, you do not walk in here like it's dutiful. 
but you walk in here because you feel with excitement that the Holy Ghost is about to show up in this house. And if the Holy Spirit does show up, somebody shout it with me, anything can happen. Can you say amen to that? So ex expectation is filled. The whole region where Jesus is born. We find a woman named Anna who is a prophetess that excitedly goes to the house of the Lord every day. She's waiting for something to show up. Simeon's going every day expecting to see the Christ that God had told him about in his spirit. Whew. If we would come to the house every Sunday, every, one, every Wednesday, expecting that the anointed one is going to be here. How many of you know things can change because expectation is the breeding ground for what? For miracles. Hallelujah. I've learned something about expectation. It is contagious. If four or five people can get on fire, that anything can happen, then 10 will, then 20 will, then an entire church will. Whew. I'll leave it alone. So here's the land filled with an atmosphere of expectation. 400 years of silence and the whispers start. 400 years, no word from heaven, and the whispers start. Christ is born. Shepherds are coming from the field. Wise men are walking across deserts for two years because they see a light that they've never seen before. Are y'all hearing me? Suddenly, everyone's getting excited. You can feel things changing. Good God, have mercy. All of these things are happening, and I feel it in the generation that we are living in. Something, the greatest revival we have ever seen is just before us. If we can just get the people filled with expectation. And if all the people moved that are noted in Scripture by the mode of hope and expectation, one man is mentioned, Simeon. Who is this guy, Simeon? To understand his character, look at his name. Simeon means hearkening or to give ear or respectful attention. To hear intelligently. There are two kinds of people in this building tonight. Those who came to listen and those who came to hear. The angel says to the seven churches of Revelation, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear, my God hear, what the Spirit says to the church. He who has an ear, that does not mean God gave you the ear that is tuned into his Spirit. It means you have decided, I'm not a mere listener because a listener does not have a responsibility. But a hearer has to participate in the plan of God in the earth. So there's a polarization among every congregation on every Sunday and every time that church meets. There are two kinds of people, listeners and hearers. And the question to you is what are you? Did you come just to spectate or did you come to participate? Did you come to be a listener or did you come to be a hearer? Hearers make a difference because hearers will ultimately be promoted to seers. 
You can't see what you can't hear. Y'all not hearing me tonight. Okay, I'll leave, I'll leave it alone. I'll stop. Simeon, hearkening, to give respectful attention, hear intelligently, not just listening, but hearing. But watch. Why Simeon? Two, man, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Two simple words. Just and devout. Let's say it. Just and devout. That's how the Bible describes this guy Simeon. Just. Can we make this real practical? Before the Holy Ghost busts loose in this building? Okay. Just simply means equitable. Simeon was a just man. You ever heard anybody talking about somebody else and say, that's a good guy? In essence, that's what they're saying. He's an equitable guy. He's a good man. He's a just man. It means to walk with an attitude of innocence. In other words, you're not looking, you're looking, like hearkening and looking. You're not, you're not looking to be malicious. You're looking to be innocent. The Bible says be innocent of evil. <laughs> a just man is a man that looks for innocence. He tries to be equitable. <laughs> it means to be fair. Be fair. Right? Here's a good, deep Greek meaning of the word just. Are you ready? To be right with man. To be right with man. Do you know it takes effort to stay right with people? How many of you know it's easy to get sideways with some folks? It takes work to be right with everybody. That's why the Bible says, live at peace with all men if you're capable of doing it. So your goal is to just be fair, be peaceful, not malicious, be right with men. Let me help you with it. If you live a just life with people, there are 21 promises lift, listed in Proverbs for people who live right with other people. How many? 21. I just want one. But the Bible lists 21 promises to people who live a just life. Can I give you a few of them? Think I will. Proverbs 3.33. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but blessed, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10.6. Blessings are on the head of the just. So now we're learning something. If you live just, if you live a just life, blessing is after you. Blessing is in your house and blessing is on your head. How many of you can use the blessing of the Lord? Proverbs 12, 13. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his mouth, but the just shall come out of trouble. Oh, Lord, have mercy. The just shall come out of trouble. It didn't say trouble wasn't going to show up. It just says when trouble does show up, the just is coming out. 
Some of y'all have been going through a turbulent time in your life. Just stay just. Because if you stay just, you're coming out. Whew. Somebody shout, I'm coming out with my hands up. When my praise high. Can you say amen? You know what? Can I go ahead and decree that over your life? You, you have lived a just life with men. And I speak to you in Jesus' name that you are coming out of trouble. And when you come out the other side, you're going to be better than you were before you went in this side. Somebody shall praise the Lord right there. Proverbs 20, verse 7. The just man walks in his integrity. Whew. Integrity is being the same on the inside as you are on the outside. The just man walks in his integrity. And watch this. His children are blessed after him. Nothing real spiritual about being just, y'all. Nothing real spiritual about it. It's just being fair with people. It's being equitable. It's wanting the best for people. Boy, it's quiet in this building. Some of y'all got some serious enemies. <laughs> just be fair. But the Bible says he's not only just, he's devout. Now, devout has nothing to do with your relationship with men. Now, this has everything to do with your relationship with God. So he's right with man, and he's right with God. He's just, and he's devout. It's mentioned, the word devout is only mentioned in the book of Acts after this time, and it's mentioned eight times, and it means to have reverence for God. He's not only right with God, but he has reverence for God. Wouldn't it be great to have a generation that revered the name of the Lord again? That even at the, the mention of the name of Jesus, you stand proper and you think, man, that's a powerful name. Wouldn't it be great to have a nation that says we are really one nation under and we revere that name? Reverence for his name produces a peaceful life on this earth. Can you say amen to that? So he's right with man. He's right with God. He's just and he's devout. Let's move a little deeper on this last point. Let's talk about the consecration of Simeon. The consecration of Simeon puts him in the mode of ex expectancy and waiting. He is wait he's just, he's devout, and he's waiting. He's waiting for something from God. Two things. Number one, to see the Christ he was promised to see and to see the consolation of his people. Oh, for a generation that would cry out, Lord, show up and bring counsel and consolation to our nation. Oh, for a generation that would pray like that. And this is our guy, Simeon. This is how he lived. When I was studying this today, I wrote these words down. When you understand a man's character, it's not hard to understand his conduct. When you know a man's character, it's not hard to understand his conduct. Because when you know him, you can begin to expect certain things of him. Because all people live by patterns. Someone once said, a leopard don't change his spots. <laughs> I say this, a man can change his habits but only God can change his nature. 
A man can change his actions, but only God can change his character. Never let actions fool you. Because people are very good at showing you what they want you to see. You'll never know a man's character by meeting him. You'll only learn a man's character by being around him for a considerable amount of time. So if you judge his character when all things are peaceful, you really don't know him. You need to see that same guy when all hell breaks loose. Then you're going to learn. Anybody in the building? So when I look at the character of Simeon, several things stand out to me. Verse 25. The Holy Ghost was upon him. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. The Bible says to Mary, the, the angel says to Mary, remember Sunday? The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Verse 25 Concerning Simeon, the Bible says the Holy Ghost was upon him. Strong. When the Spirit of God moves upon something, or when the Spirit of God moves upon someone, it is for distinction, it is for empowerment, it is for encouragement, and it is for instruction. I'm going to say it again. When the Spirit of the Lord moves on someone, the first reason to do it is to give that man or woman distinction. It separates you from the crowd. You know what we need? We need leaders that the Holy Ghost is on them. You don't have to wonder about it. You can see it. You know it. It's distinct. The second reason the, the Holy Ghost moves upon somebody is to give them empowerment. Empowerment is enablement to accomplish that which God has sent you to do. The third reason the Holy Ghost moves upon someone is to encourage them. Woo. When the Holy Ghost falls in church services, it's for the purpose of encouraging you out of your depressed state into your prophetic promise. Oh, that the Holy Ghost would fall on us. How often have I been praying that lately? Lord, let the Holy Ghost fall on us. Let the Holy Ghost come upon us because the Holy Ghost makes the difference. The Holy Ghost empowers us. The Holy Ghost enables us. The Holy Ghost encourages us. And the final reason the Holy Ghost comes upon somebody is to give them instruction. Instruction is different than direction. Direction shows you where to go. Instruction shows you how to put it together. Some of y'all been living your life by a map and you need to get back to the manual. It's not that you're not trying to follow direction. You're not following instructions. You can look like you're going somewhere and be falling apart on the inside because you're living by direction. You're not living by instruction. The Holy Ghost come upon you. He comes upon you to instruct you. And instructions often means to put it together, to reassemble it. Woo! Some of y'all got parts in wrong places. show you what I'm talking about. Have you learned anything so far? Because I'm about done. Judges 6.34. Let me get away from those notes. Take a guy named Gideon who says, I'm nobody. Right? And everything he does for God, he's got to throw a fleece out. Are you sure? 
Are, are you sure? Then he's hiding in a threshing floor. Everything about Gideon says, don't choose me. And God speaks to him, and his first words to Gideon are this. Get the instructions right, Gideon. Watch. First words. Mighty man of valor. Are you talking to me? Isn't it wonderful when God steps into your life, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And this is what happens to Gideon. In Judges chapter number 6, verse 34, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. When the Spirit of the Lord gets on you, you begin to realize not what you are not, but you begin to get a revelation of what you are becoming. And some of you, when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, you need to realize you are not all you're going to ever be. You're not the, the complete efficacy of everything God ordained you to be. You are in the process of becoming. Come on, talk back to me. Everything that is best is still in your future. You're going you're to come into the best version of yourself. Quit living the lowest version, Gideon. You're in the place where you're, you see process happening with wheat, but you need to see yourself as the wheat. Wheat process becomes fine flour. It cannot, become, it cannot come into its best state until it's been through a process. Some of you are in a process and you think God's breaking you down. No, he's just bringing the particles of your purpose together so that you can see the greatness of who you really are in him. I need 10 sanctified people to give him praise right now. You are not what your daddy called you. You are not what other people said about you. Tear the label off your jacket and say, I am who God said I am. If God said I'm a mighty man of valor, then that's who I am. You'll never hear that until the Holy Ghost falls upon you. The Holy Ghost brings the word of prophetic future. Same for Jephthah. Judges 11.29. Well, I'm going to preach on Jephthah up in this building one day. Jephthah, he's a thug. Straight up hanging out with robbers. Kicked out of his family. Anybody ever heard a message preached about Jephthah? You going to. Just stay here for a minute. Watch. And he's telling the crowd he's hanging out with me, nobody wants me. Until they go into battle because they know he's a good fighter because he's a thug. <laughs> and when they needed to go to war, guess who they went to get? Jephthah. Because they knew this boy will fight. I'm going to preach a message one day called, Do They Need You Now? <laughs> but the Bible says the Holy Ghost came upon him and he won battles. Same with Samson. The Holy Ghost came upon him and he killed a thousand men with a jawbone. When the Holy Ghost comes, comes upon you, you can take very simple things and do great exploits. With very simple stuff. Oh, Lord, help these people hear this tonight. Throw your hands up and say, Holy Ghost, come upon me. The Holy Ghost is real, y'all. The Holy Ghost will get on a motivational speaker that is saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. And he'll get up to motivate people and fall off and people be getting saved. 
the Holy Ghost come upon a singer that is saved and he can sing in a nightclub. The anointing set down on him and suddenly people are crying and they don't know why. They think it's because he's singing good, but they don't know that the Holy Ghost just dropped on him and he's anointed by God. I can't make you love me if you won't. And he starts thinking about it while he's singing. And he's saying, man, I ain't right with God. Holy Ghost hit him, gets on the people. Everybody in the building crying. And it ain't about your girlfriend. Y'all ain't hearing me. It's about Christ crying for you to come into relationship with him. Y'all don't hear me. The Holy Ghost will come upon you in your car. You'll be driving down the road and you'll have to pull over on the side of the road and say, hold up, Holy Ghost. You jumped all up in this car. I was on my way to work. I got to take a praise pause right here. Y'all ain't never done that? I did it in the hill country. I was kicking gravel all upside my pickup truck. Why? Because suddenly the Holy Ghost came upon me. The Holy Ghost is tangible. You can feel the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is demonstrative. It shows up with a sound of a rushing mighty wind. It fills the house where you're sitting. It sits on your head like cloven tongues of fire. Quit acting like the Holy Ghost is an addendum to heaven. The Holy Ghost is the person of heaven. Oh, man. Holy Ghost, come back to your house, please. Can you say amen to that? And you shall receive, thank you, power, when? When? After that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So it's obvious in verse 26 of our text. Are y'all bored? Will you give me 10 more minutes here? Okay, my goal is to be out by 8.15. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he saw Christ. So he has a relationship with the Holy Ghost that came upon him. Why do we look for experiences in the Holy Ghost? Like little moments in the altar. And we go, okay, that was great. When you should be building a relationship in the Holy Spirit and with the Holy Spirit in your living room, in your prayer closet. My relationship with the Holy Spirit happens at 4.30 every morning. My wife will tell you. When I'm getting out of bed, she says, I love you, babe. Pray for me. Because she knows where I'm going. And, and do you know how wonderful it is to know that the Holy Spirit is waiting for me in my living room? You know how incredible that feeling is to know I'm fixing to go into my living room by myself. And I'm going to start praying. And I'm going to pray for my wife, my kids, my grandkids. And then I'm going to start praying for every family in our church. And then I'm going to start praying for the region and all the churches in the area. And I feel the Holy Spirit morning after morning after morning. It's called communion. It's called communication. It's speaking and listening and experiencing the Spirit of God. 
If I ever exit that pattern, I'm confident I'll become a weak man. But if I keep that pattern, nothing shall be impossible. How about you? How's your devotion? How's your discipline? How's your relationship with the Holy, Holy Spirit? Watch this. He came. It was revealed to him. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit to go into the temple. When you have intimacy, you have secrets. It's called pillow talk. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When you have intimacy, you have secrets. I've learned that the intimacy of my relationship with the Holy Spirit allows me to hear the secrets of heaven. My relationship with the Holy Spirit is very intimate to me. It's very sanctified. It's very special. Here's what I've learned. Intimacy is the initiation for conception. You're not going to conceive from anything you're not intimate with. Y'all just, that just went right over you. You'll never conceive from anything you're not intimate with. The more intimate I get with the Holy Spirit, the more revelation I conceive from him. Praise the Lord. So it's revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gave him the capacity for his hope. Simeon, you've been waiting. You've been waiting. You're devout. You're just. Get ready. And he's moved by the Holy Spirit, which means he's permitted. He's confirmed. He's approved. And he's encouraged by the Holy Spirit to go into the temple. Can I get heavy with you just for a moment? The birth of Christ came like this. The angels told the wise men. The star told the shepherds. But Simeon is the only one the Holy Spirit told. Y'all just missed that there. The angels told the shepherds. The star spoke to the wise men, but the Holy Spirit spoke to Simeon. That's relationship. And he's moved by the Spirit. When you're walking with the Spirit, it is expected that you will be moved by the Spirit. In other words, you will always find yourself right in the middle of the promise. Walking in the spirit, coach, no promise escapes your purpose. When you're moved by the spirit, you never miss anything God is doing. Pastor Rick, what is the motive of this dialogue? What are you, what are you pushing for? You guys to really get in a relationship with the Holy Ghost, where you allow the Holy Ghost to fall upon you, come upon you. When God moves, you move. Can you say amen to that? And I'll end with this. The greatest times you've ever seen are in front of you. And you're going to know it because the Holy Spirit will move on you and he will move you. I'm going to end with a prophecy from Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27. And I will put my spirit in you.
Is it on the screen? Yeah, there it is. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. You will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from all uncleanness. I will call for the grain and make it plentiful and will not bring famine on you. I will, listen what God says, I will increase the fruit of your crops so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. And it all starts with this. I will put my spirit in you and move you.